0: What is it about the unknown that fascinates us so much? Is it for the thrill of it all? Or do we seek proof of life after death? Whatever our reason may be, we find ourselves being drawn in by these places and the bone-chilling tales that they have to offer. Tortured souls cross boundaries to reach out with stories that they want to share with us. There are times we simply hear the echoes of a memory on loop. The question that remains is this, are you open-minded enough to handle it? Dive into the paranormal with DC O'Rourke, your personal guide, as we traverse the globe to dissect haunted places in each and every episode of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where the spirits are always waiting. back, friends. I'm DC O'Rourke, and this is Hauntingly Yours. Here we all are, together once again, tuning in for yet another episode to learn of the world's haunted places. Episode 11 is going to take us to the Czech Republic, where we will find ourselves exploring the inner workings of Huska Castle, the reported gateway to hell. Yes, you heard me right, the gateway to hell. I don't know about you guys, but I find myself getting excited over every place that we get to learn about on the show. There are just so many wonderfully macabre places out there in the world. I truly can't get enough. I guess at the end of the day, that's part of the reason why I do what I do. I just love the stories that much. Ah. Huska Castle. This place grabbed my attention right from the get-go. I dove straight into the research. I started watching videos about it. I even contacted a few people overseas and just became increasingly more and more fascinated with it. Thought to be one of the most haunted locations in the world, this castle sits high above a clifftop where it lies silently in the shadows, which are more than full of mystery and intrigue. There is archaeological evidence of Celtic inhabitation in this area, and I've discovered that Slavic tribes arrived somewhere in the 6th century. Mentioned first by Václav Hajik in his extensive Czech chronicle published in 1541, we learned that the first known structure on this site was actually a relatively small wooden fort that was constructed at some point in the 9th century. Hajik also warns his readers of an all-too-spooky legend. He tells of a wicked crack in the very top of the limestone cliff where you can find a hole in the ground that never seems to end. Residents in the area began calling it the hole to hell, and just about everyone avoided passing anywhere near it after dark. The hole was said to be the source of strange happenings. People believe that Half-animal and half-human creatures crawled out from this hellish hole to wreak havoc and chaos throughout the night. Some were even under the impression that if you drew too close to it, the demonic creatures would snatch you up and possess you. After a while, several ill-fated attempts were made to fill the hole with large stones. No matter how hard the villagers tried, nothing ever seemed to work. The hole, from what they could tell, was endless. It had no bottom to it. It just kept going and going. A duke of the powerful Duba clan was eager to discover the secrets of the gateway to hell, so he rounded up all the prisoners in his village. They were all offered full pardons if they agreed to go down in the pit and talk about what they had seen. Prisoners were, of course, reluctant and not exactly willing to do this. No one was too terribly eager to come forward. Finally, though, one young man did. He seized the opportunity. This eager prisoner, he was in his early 20s, and he was ready for this. Well, they fastened him with a rope that acted as a bit of a harness. He was slowly lowered down into the ominous pit as everyone watched with bated breath. The anticipation was almost too much to bear. After a few minutes, he had completely disappeared from sight down amidst the darkness. A short while later, he began screaming his head off. The echoes rang out through the airwaves and sent chills down everyone's spines. The young prisoner pleaded he begged to be brought back up to the surface. Well, they got him all the way back up, and the entire way, he was screaming. Bloody murder. The young man that went down in the pit came back up, looking entirely different. He was wrinkled. He had aged by what seemed like at least 30 years, and his hair had turned totally white. No one could do anything with him. He was incomplete in complete and total hysterics. They took him to the local mental asylum, as he was clearly so disturbed by what he had seen down in the pit that he had lost control of his senses. Just two short days later, that young man died from unknown causes. Do you think this experiment was carried out anymore after that? I'm curious. While it's not exactly known, I am more than willing to bet it was. When the castle was originally constructed in the 13th century, a majority of the defenses were not facing towards the outside, but inward towards the courtyard in the center of it. From the outside looking in, it didn't seem as if the castle had been built to keep enemies from getting in, but rather to keep enemies from getting out. There was no staircase to take you down to the courtyard either. After the Thirty Years War in the 17th century, the castle's tower, moat, and other defenses were dismantled as part of a decree issued by Emperor Ferdinand III. Why, you may ask? It was to make castles that were private, more accessible, and significantly less defensible. Huska's earthen ramparts were also taken down at this time. At the very beginning of the 18th century, the castle was remodeled into a handsome Renaissance chateau. Sadly, later on in history, during the Communist period, it fell into a bit of disrepair. The castle today is an ancient-looking structure, full of life, which is in the process of being repaired and all of the renovations are thanks to the efforts of the current owners, Jaromir Simonek and Blanka Khurova. Huska Castle, the first known Gothic castle in Bohemia, was constructed somewhere between 1270 to 1280. This was during the reign of King Ottokar II. During construction, the crack in the limestone was covered with stone plates that were quite thick, and the castle's chapel was placed directly on top of the gateway to hell in order to seal it off. After the chapel was completed, it was then dedicated to the archangel Michael, the leader of God's armies in the fight against the hordes of hell. There are long since faded frescoes on the walls of the chapel. They are rumored to be some of the oldest found in all of Europe as they date back to the 15th century. Michael is clearly depicted in two different scenes. Scene one, he is fighting an unruly dragon, a symbol of evil. Scene two, he holds a sword in one hand and a set of scales in the other, as he weighs souls at the last judgment. There are also scenes of the crucifixion of Christ and St. Christopher. Beyond all that lies something even better. On one of the walls, there is a figure, unlike any other found in paintings of the time. Here, for your eyes to behold, is a creature with the upper body of a woman and the lower body of a horse, holding a bow in her right hand. And with her left, she aims an arrow at a human figure. Not only is it incredibly out of the ordinary to come across a depiction of a centaur, a creature of pagan mythology, by the way, adorning the walls of a church, but it is also the only extant picture that we have of a left-handed female archer. Believe it or not, during the Middle Ages, left-handedness was often associated with Satan, There are many researchers who believe that this image is linked to the many stories of half-human animals which were believed to emerge from this giant hole to hell located just underneath the church's chapel. The gateway to hell is not the only legend here though. Oh no, don't you worry guys, there are plenty more. If we backtrack in time a bit, in the midst of the 17th century, around the time of the Thirty Years' War, the castle stood silent as a grave. A Swedish commander of mercenaries named Oranto chose Huska as his headquarters. Reports tell us that he was supposedly a, a black magician and alchemist. He carried out his experiments from within the walls of the castle. At some point during Oronto's occupation, his men became out of control. They started terrorizing the villagers to the point where they couldn't take it anymore. Two able-bodied hunters got their guns. They traveled to the countryside, worked their way up into the hills, and found Huska Castle. They discovered Oronto standing near an open window in his laboratory, working on a potential elixir of life. They drew their guns silently, they aimed, and they waited. This man had to die. When there, when the timing was right, they pulled the trigger, two gunshots rang out one after the other, and that man fell dead right where he stood. Where do we go from here, guys? Well, let me tell you, it only gets more intriguing. A couple of hundred years ago, back in 1836, Czech Republic had a very prominent poet named Karol Hynek Maka. Karol Hynek Maka. He spent a night at Huska Castle and he was apparently visited by a terrible vision. He later recounted this in a letter to a good friend of his, Edward Hindel. In the letter Maka described his soul descending into a giant pit and then it was transported to a hellish, mechanical future. It was the Czech Republic in the year 2006, where he was forced to wander around aimlessly with no purpose. Maka also wrote that he met a girl who showed him moving pictures in a small casket, and that in pure darkness he found himself walking among high cliffs that were riddled with holes that projected this eerie yellow light. His description was all too familiar to modern Sidliste, the enormous blocks of flats which in the present day loom above the outskirts of Prague. I'll kindly remind you that this guy was recounting all of this in 1836. So how did these visions of the future come about exactly? Was it just a dream or was there something more to it than meets the eye? Out there in the world, somewhere you can find those who truly believe that MAKA was transported through time. Weirdly enough, it's common knowledge that the German SS of the Nazi party took over Huska castle when they occupied Czechoslovakia during World War II. What they were doing there exactly remains to be seen though. Just like the typical SS Cretans that they were, they destroyed all evidence of their activities when they were forced to flee from the country in the face of the advancing Russian and American forces. The castle offered no strategic significance whatsoever to the German war effort, and given the known facts of the occult philosophies of Heinrich Himmler's SS, Nazism as a whole, and the the fact that Hitler himself was just plain obsessed with the occult, you can easily surmise that they came here for a very specific reason. Hitler was constantly funneling major resources into researching the discovery of supernatural weapons to use against the Allies. I don't think it's unreasonable at all to suggest that the SS was here in Huska doing experimental research that would allow them to harness this power from the supposed gateway to hell. Others had proposed that the castle was one of their secret breeding farms, a location where young women of acceptable blood were given stud service by SS troopers in the ongoing effort to breed the master race. Did I mention that once upon a time, three skeletal remains of SS officers were discovered in the courtyard? Oh yeah, they'd all been executed. Why I could not begin to tell you. but. I find it really interesting. For whatever reason, the Nazis decided to place landmines all around the castle during their occupation. Upon leaving, though, they cleared the area in its entirety. What significance this had, no one seems to really know. This is, though, one of the big reasons why the current owners will not allow any excavations to look for the famed hole to hell. They simply fear that there are undiscovered German explosives lying in wait, hidden from the rest of time. At this point in time, let's take a quick break, really quick, and let's try something a little different. I am going to start recording dark poetry that fits well with each episode, and I'm going to insert it into the middle in place of a a commercial ad or a word from our sponsors. So first up is a recording that yours truly did of William Blake's Proverbs of Hell. Take a listen, and when we come back, we'll dive further into the mystery and intrigue and stories galore of Huska Castle. Proverbs of Hell From the Marriage of Heaven and Hell by William Blake In seed time learn, in harvest teach, in winter enjoy. Drive your cart and your plow over the bones of the dead. The road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. Prudence is a rich, ugly old maid, courted by incapacity. He who desires but acts not breeds pestilence. The cut worm forgives the plow. Dip him in the river who loves water. A fool sees not the same tree that a wise man sees. He whose face gives no light shall never become a star. Eternity is in love with the productions of time. The busy bee has no time for sorrow. The hours of folly are measured by the clock, but of wisdom no clock can measure. All Wholesome food is caught without a net or a trap. Bring out number weight and measure in a year of dearth. No bird soars too high if he soars with his own wings. A dead body revenges not injuries. The most sublime act is to set another before you. If the fool would persist in his folly, he would become wise. Folly is the cloak of knavery shame is pride's cloak prisons are built with the stones of law brothels with bricks of religion the pride of the peacock is the glory of god the lust of the goat is the bounty of god the wrath of the lion is the wisdom of god the nakedness of a woman is the work of god excess of sorrow laughs excess of joy weeps The roaring of lions, the howling of wolves, the raging of the stormy sea, and the destructive sword are portions of eternity too great for the eye of man. The fox condemns the trap, not himself. Joys impregnate, sorrows bring forth. Let man wear the fell of the lion, woman the fleece of the sheep, the bird a nest, the the spider a web, man friendship. The selfish, smiling fool and the sullen, frowning fool shall be both thought wise that they may be a rod. What is now proved was once only imagined. The rat, the mouse, the fox, the rabbit. Watch the roots, the the lion, the tiger, the horse, the elephant. Watch the fruits. The cistern contains, the fountain overflows. One thought fills immensity. Always be ready to speak your mind, and a base man will avoid you. Everything possible to be believed is an image of truth. The eagle never lost so much time as when he submitted to learn of the crow. The fox provides for himself, but God provides for the lion. Think in the morning, act in the noon, eat in the evening, sleep in the night. He who has suffered You to impose on him knows you. As the plow follows words, so God rewards prayers. The tigers of wrath are wiser than the horses of instruction. Expect poison from the standing water. You never know what is enough unless you know what is more than enough. Listen to the fool's reproach. It is a kingly title. The eyes of fire, the nostrils of air, the mouth of water, the beard of earth. The weak in courage is strong and cunning. The apple tree never asks the beech how he shall grow, nor the lion, the horse, how he shall take his prey. The thankful receiver bears a plentiful harvest. If others had not been foolish, we should be so. The soul of sweet delight can never be defiled. When thou seest an eagle, thou seest a portion of genius, lift up thy head! As the caterpillar chooses the fairest leaves to lay her eggs on, so the priest lays his curse on the fairest joys. To create a little flower is the labor of ages. Damn braces, bless relaxes, the best wine is the oldest, the best water the newest. Prayers plow not, praises reap not, joys laugh not, sorrows weep not. The head sublime, the heart pathos, the genitals beauty, the hands and feet proportion. As the air to a bird of the sea, to a fish, so is contempt to the contemptible. The crow wished everything was black, the owl that everything was white. Exuberance is beauty. If the lion was advised by the fox, he would be cunning. Improvement makes straight roads. But the crooked roads without improvement are roads of genius. Sooner murder an infant in its cradle than nurse unacted desires. Where man is not nature is barren. Truth can never be told as to be understood and not believe it. Enough or too much. What about the many other stories of Huska Castle? Are there any? Of course there are. Dear friends, we are talking about a location that's considered to be one of the most haunted places in the world. People from all walks of life come here looking to have an experience. Thrill seekers, paranormal investigators, UFOologists, occult experts, artists, and many others come here to take in the macabre beauty of this place. On more than one occasion, visitors to the castle have had loads of experiences. Some have reported seeing a large, headless, black horse running around. Apparently, blood is just gushing everywhere from where its neck used to be. The horse runs to the front of the castle, jumps high in the air, and then disappears without a trace. At other times, guests have said that they have seen a line of people chained together walking through the courtyard. They're all bloody and mangled. A couple of fierce black dogs snap at their heels as they move, move along in unison. This is supposed to have lasted for several minutes by the way. Could they possibly be manifestations of souls being taken to hell with hellhounds keeping them in line? I think it's a definite possibility. Workers here at the castle one day were in the middle of doing some renovations in the courtyard when they heard very distinct voices coming from inside the chapel. They all went to go investigate, but found no one there. The sounds of footsteps led them quickly to an upper floor where they encountered an ominous shadow figure who lurked by a doorway before disappearing before their eyes. This was the room where the Nazis could have possibly been doing their experiments. They did not dare go in there. Dogs go nuts in the courtyard. Also, one of the tour guides who conducts tours in the castle has said that his dogs chased after an invisible force. The first day that he arrived here, they ran around in circles, barking their heads off and then took off in the direction of the prison area where they stood at attention, barking consistently. Entities not of this world are often seen here. Blood-curdling screams and voices speaking in tongues have been heard coming from below the floor of the chapel. A few witnesses have even reported seeing a terrifying creature that looks like a cross between a man, a frog, and a bulldog. That just gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about it. I mean, what an image. Would it come as a surprise if I told you that people tend to have fainting spells in here? Light bulbs explode regularly in here as well. The owner, Yarmir, has said that years ago his daughter was getting married in the chapel. He recalled that he was in the middle of planning the wedding, and his duties had taken him upstairs this one particular day. He was in the middle of giving orders to some of the staff. The lights just... All of a sudden started to flicker, and he heard a weird growling sound off in the distance. His eyes drifted toward the ceiling, and then a light bulb exploded in a nearby chandelier without any rhyme or reason. This puzzled him greatly. Yaramir used to actually host a show in the chapel for about 16 years called A Night with Superstars. The show was a smashing hit. He said opening night was quite memorable for him. He walked out to speak to his audience and no sooner he opened his mouth, light bulbs in a black chandelier over his head exploded one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. Six bulbs had exploded in total. He thought that maybe there was a short circuit, so he hired an electrician to come out and investigate the matter. The electrician reported back and told Yarmir that there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was mechanically sound. From that point on, he assumed there was a spirit or some entity who did not appreciate his presence. Paranormal investigators have reported lots of strange noises from this area on their overnight visits. They have seen odd mists and hundreds of orbs all over the place at once. Why, just a few years ago, Ghost Hunters International did an overnight, included that, concluded that Huska was most definitely haunted. Somewhere up on the third floor, there is the beautiful apparition of a young blonde woman in a white dress. She would appear to be the most normal out of all the paranormal sightings here. Her apparition does nothing more than walk from window to window staring out at the world as it passes her by. It's kind of sad, really. If I ever get a chance to visit, I would totally be doing a spirit box session here to see if I can make contact with her. I really think someone should make an effort and find out what she wants. One night some years ago now, Yaramir was having a few drinks with some friends up on the third floor in the ballroom. They were all sitting around chatting and having a great time. In the middle of their festivities, Yaramir went to grab his glass of wine at one point, and it slid away from him in the opposite direction. It was late in the evening. He thought he was hallucinating at first. Then he went to reach for it again, and all of his friends watched as the glass lingered in midair off the table for a few moments. It then set itself back down and slid to the middle of the table. No one said anything about it. They just resumed what they were doing and pretended it never happened. Seems like the young woman in white may have been trying to tell Yarmir it was time to call it quits for the night. In the hunting lodge, a sadistic presence is almost always felt. One night, a female guest, Zadina, and her husband were staying in here. The two of them were just relaxing when all of a sudden they heard what sounded like someone making a loud banging sound on the floor right near them. Zadina and her husband took a good look around and they saw these two shadow men moving toward the staircase quickly. As they moved in closer, one of the shadow men whispered to the other, I prefer to kill girls. There used to be a pair of lovely musicians that played at the castle for many years. They were a grandmother-granddaughter duo. One of them played keys and the other played a flute. How lovely. Whenever they came to Huska to play, they would be allowed to sleep over in the hunting lodge on Saturday and Sunday nights. One night, the grandmother asked a friend of hers to join them, who's a, a medium of sorts. She told her friends this room didn't feel right to her, and she needed to know if it was safe to continue staying there. The medium agreed and came to stay the night. Well, in the middle of the night, they all awoke to scratching sounds from within the walls. Mysterious footsteps paced up and down the hall outside their room. A horrible wheezing sound could be heard near their heads as they slept, but they could never find the source. By the time 7 a.m. rolled around, they had all packed up and were out the door in a hurry. They had an awful night. The medium said there were evil entities in that place and they should never come back. Why do you think that happened? Hmm, I can only begin to imagine. Did they come back, though? They did not. They never came back to Huska ever again. The grandmother and granddaughter's music was terribly missed. Who can really blame them? Below the castle is the cellar that is affectionately referred to as Satan's office. Why? If you were to travel down here, you would see this horrific-looking throne with enough horns to send you running. Down here, you can find a lot of activity going on. The most common appearance from The paranormal is that of a faceless monk dressed all in black. He's referred to as the Guardian. He's not a malevolent entity, but he's not exactly benevolent either. Lots of people think he's protecting something in the cellar. He doesn't seem like he's intent on hurting everyone that enters, but you can tell he doesn't like their presence he will change the temperature in the room or do whatever it takes to make you uncomfortable enough to where you actually leave paranormal investigators say that lots of their devices tend to go nuts down here such as their emf meters a team of paranormal investigators spent the night in huska castle some time ago they were all terribly excited to be investigating the alleged gateway to hell all that were involved did their homework and got to know the dark legends and myths that surrounded the place. It was around 2 a.m. when Anton and Aliska traveled down to investigate what others had come to call Satan's office. The temperature upon arriving was quite normal. The room itself was eerily quiet. Anton laid eyes upon the devilish throne in the room that was completely decked out in horns. There seemed to be this strange mist that was flowing all around it, He snatched his night-vision camera from his bag and turned it on. Eliska grabbed two dowsing rods from her belt that she always took with her on investigations. She walked around the throne slowly, trying to establish a connection with any entities that might be in the room with them. Her arms were by her sides, extended outwards. A few minutes passed, and she wasn't having much luck. Finally, she asked, are we disturbing you? Without hesitating, both of the rods crossed in front of her to form a solid X. Anton turned pale. From overhead, they heard what sounded like a bunch of bats as the sounds that were made echoed and bounced all over the room. Anton and Eliska stared at the ceiling for a few moments until they could both agree that it was just bats and nothing else. When they brought their eyes back down, though, and really readjusted them, something unexpected happened. A faceless monk in black robes appeared on the throne. In one hand, he held a very scary-looking trident. The temperature in Satan's office became unusually hot. The investigators were so frightened that they ran for the door faster than the speed of light. The faceless monk gently rose from the throne and glided after them at a leisurely pace. He was in no hurry, it seemed. He just wanted them out crazy right oh man i get chills of just thinking how of how i would react in that type of situation man oh man i would be booking it out that door but then i would probably turn around and come back knowing my look knowing my luck he he would be gone of course that's just the way it works but All the same, I think most people would probably be seeing a few Hail Marys and Our Fathers and hoping that God decided to interject and save their necks. Ugh. Who is the Guardian? That's the question we need to really ask here. I... I think we need to find out where he comes from. Better yet, why is he there? Is he actually protecting something? If I had to put my money on it, there is an item of interest in the area. It is it the gateway to hell? Hmm, I'm inclined to think so. Or is it something we haven't even learned of yet? The only way to find out is through further investigation, and as I said before, the owners of the castle won't allow any excavations of any sort to go looking for the gateway to hell. Is Huska Castle haunted, or is it all just a bunch of spooky stories? Maybe the castle is just a tourist trap, and we can all chalk it up to mass hysteria. I don't think so. Could more investigations be done to come up with more scientific evidence? Yes, I absolutely think so. This should happen. A majority of what we have from this location is folklore and personal experiences that various people have had over the course of time. I'm inclined to give two thumbs up and say this place is definitely haunted, all the same. As much as I love the idea of the gateway to hell being here, I'm not so sure if I'm on board with that one. If I had to take a guess, I would say somewhere deep below the earth, there is a very extensive cavern system that no one has discovered yet. Hence why locals in the 13th century thought this was bottomless. How do you explain all the weird sounds from under the chapel? Bats? It's a possibility, I suppose. The owners of the castle, they've learned to live with the spirits here. And they hope they can continue to do so at least a little longer. The castle being haunted doesn't seem to really bother them at all. It is what it is. The last myth of this place says that after you leave Huska Castle that the energy of the castle rubs off and follows along with you. Apparently you have bad luck that you just can't seem to shake. I can totally relate to this by the way. I can recall many times conducting investigations at certain locations and sensing a overall residual energy that I had taken with me. It happens to the best of us. As for bad luck? hmm, Well, I can't say I have brought any of that home from an investigation. Although, there was that one time I brought home a spirit from a haunted nursing home, and it terrorized me for two weeks. Does that count? (laughs) I'm afraid that's a completely different story, though. I will save that for a later date. At this point, I am going to wrap things up. I'm going to drop some photos of Huska Castle on the podcast's Facebook pages, Instagram pages. Please go check them out. Also, if you haven't done so already, join the Hauntingly Yours Lounge on Facebook where you can meet like-minded people like ourselves and catch up on all things paranormal. Now go, like, review, subscribe, buy some merch, t- tell a friend. I appreciate each and every one of you. And for those who like true crime podcasts, let me give a big shout out to my good friends, Sarah and Laura with Ivy League Murders. Please go check them out. They are absolutely wonderful. They investigate some of the best murder cases amongst the Ivy League. Juicy, juicy stuff. And by the way, yours truly DC just did a collaboration project with them where we took at a good hard look at the ghost stories of Harvard University. For all of this show's links, check us out at our linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R period E backslash Hauntingly Yours Paranormal. We're on all the big platforms. Please check us out. Our next adventure. Hmm, where shall we go? Oh, guys, there are so many places. How about we go to South Africa where I've uncovered yet another ghost house? Next time, my friends, stay tuned for more on that, please. Until next time, though, I am DC O'Rourke. I am and will remain much like the spirits. Hauntingly, yours.